cash cock, honey. <laughs> Welcome to Wednesday. It's high noon. Wednesday, the fifth, April fifth, twenty seventeen. Little timestamp for you guys. You listen to the AltaCast. I'm your host Pam Benjamin. Going to be joined soon by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. When going to be here in the house, in the hizzy of Mutiny Radio. Yay! Uh, hey, it's your socialist news program. I'm going to bring you today some news from Drug Policy Alliance, also from Gnarl Pro-Choice America. Today's special rap will be Kellyanne Conway. I have a rap name now. I'm Hot Dirty P. I don't know what Latoya's name's going to be, but I'm Hot Dirty P. What? Coming up, doing the political quotey rant things and making fun of them yeah it's really easy this time because kellyanne conway is like a cheerleader that does math who thinks nobody knows but everyone knows she thinks if they know it's because they're spying on her with microwaves anyways we're going to be making a little fun of her later on in the broadcast also you know, we'll find out what's going on in the world. Uh, let's start it out with some Drug Palsy Alliance, which will be great. Uh, Argentina legalizes medical marijuana. What? I always knew Argentina was cool. Uh, this actually came out earlier this week as a press release from the Drug Policy Alliance. Argentina legalizes medical marijuana. Senate approves bill that provides medical marijuana to patients free of charge. DPA's Hannah Hetzer, it's heartening to see Argentina prioritize accessibility for its patients. On Thursday, Argentina legalized medical marijuana after the Senate unanimously approved a bill that was already passed by the House of Representatives last November. The law establishes a new regulatory framework that enables scientific and medical marijuana research while providing marijuana to qualifying patients free of charge. It's heartening to see Argentina prioritizing accessibility by providing medical marijuana at no cost to patients, says Hannah Hetzer, senior international policy manager policy manager at the Drug Policy Alliance. This bill was long championed by families and patients whose suffering has been alleviated with medical marijuana, and it's a relief they've finally been heard. The bill was promoted by a group of 136 Argentine families who petitioned the government to allow them to use marijuana to treat their children who struggle with epilepsy, autism, and other ailments. The parents maintain that the effectiveness of marijuana treatment not only improves the quality of life for their children, but also for the entire families that tend to them on a daily basis. The new proposal stipulates that the Ministry of Health will be charged with creating a national registry of patients and family members who will receive the marijuana-based medicine they need free of charge. 
The government will oversee cultivation and production of multiple varieties of marijuana-based products for both medical use and research via the National Agency of Public Laboratories. Until the law is fully implemented, the Ministry of Health is permitted to import marijuana products to satisfy demand. Individuals, however, are still not allowed to grow marijuana. This remains an offense punishable with up to 15 years in prison when intended for commercial purposes and up to two years if the authorities deem it is for personal use. Ana Maria Garcia Nicora, president of medical cannabis Argentina, Cameda, says that this is the next step for the legalization movement. This law is the beginning. We achieved something important because we raised awareness and then implemented legislation for the benefit of everyone. However, it is clear that individual cultivation is very important and we need to keep working. Legal medical marijuana has gained traction in Latin America in recent years. Uruguay legalized both medical and non-medical marijuana use in 2013. Chile has become the first Latin American country to cultivate marijuana for oncology patients. Colombia and Puerto Rico legalized medical marijuana through executive orders. Jamaica has decriminalized marijuana for medical, scientific, and religious uses. Mexico and Brazil allow for the import of marijuana-derived medicines, and medical marijuana bills are being discussed in Costa Rica and Peru. In the United States, meanwhile, 28 states have passed laws allowing access to medical marijuana. Eight of those states have also, also legally regulate marijuana production and sales to adults 21 and over. Let's not let the world fall away from us, huh? Everybody pulling away with their smart drug policies. Hey, you should go um, like them on Facebook, Drug Policy Alliance. Go check out their uh, website at drugpolicy.org. They have a great donate button up in the corner of their website. Hey, if you're feeling like you really want to donate, go to that Mutiny Radio website and click donate right there. That would be amazing to help us continue bringing you underground socialist news, bro. Not that Drug Policy Alliance is socialist, but they are. They're a bipartisan effort, and they they don't. You know, they're they're on all sides. They're on our side. It's about harm reduction. It's not about which party uh, you belong to. I just personally identify as a Marxist. Had a huge conversation with some dudes in the back. Um, smoking room of 800 Larkin on Monday after the open mic, which was a lot of fun. These guys were not comedians. They're just dudes. They were in the audience. Every single one of them said I had a really good set. Yay. Uh, Some of them were air traffic controllers. That was really interesting from Tennessee. But the guys start, and one of them, uh, he was Korean-American or whatever, and I was like, you're Korean, aren't you? Rad. When they say, oh, all Asians look the same, I'm like, I can actually between some I definitely I had some Korean friends in San Diego so I I kind of got the it's like oh all black people look the same all white people look the same all Asian people look the same I mean does it matter but you I mean if you can whatever so that guy was in the corner and then there was a 42 year old lawyer he was an interesting cat and they start talking about constitutional law and they start talking about the constitution and what it means there was a black guy in there too anyways it was a large table of disparate backgrounds jobs financial status etc etc and i was the only woman and they're yelling and screaming blah 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 
And they said, well, what do you think about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you guys, the Constitution, what are, the, what are the framers, what were they going for? What was, and I said, it, they said, what's the problem with it? Blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, here's the first thing is that when they were talking about freedom for all, it wasn't women and it wasn't black people. Uh, and I said, they're like, well, what's the problem? With and I said, the problem is, guys, you're discussing all these things. And what you haven't discussed is women's part in it and feminism. It's all been men and why do we have to be at war? Anyways, women rise up. It lists Estrada all over the place again, right? We're going to withhold the sex and stop the wars. And then a, uh, an African-American gentleman pulled me aside and he goes, you know what the problem is with women? They don't understand their power. They don't understand they've got it all. They've got... And I'm like, yeah, except that we're constantly subjugated by everyone so we don't get to express our power or we're a bitch or we're a blah, blah, you know. I mean, there's a, it's so hard and I hate the word bitch. Ugh. I was thinking about using it in a roast though for someone like, blank is such a bitch. Even dogs won't hang out with her. Ha ha ha. Even her own dog won't hang out with her. Not a funny joke. I don't know who, I'm not roasting anybody. Um, I'm not a big fan of roasts either. This Friday, actually, on Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse, last Friday was a roast of Jonathan Moore. Happy birthday, sweetheart. Uh, but this coming Friday is All Aries Get Rammed, and it's the uh, Aries Star Sign show. Uh, good times. Let's see what other Drug Policy Alliance news is important. We've got Maryland. Uh, we don't care about them too much. Uh, we already talked about the teleconference, and they don't really have anything new on here. Poo. Well, we'll look at their blog and see if we missed a blog. Uh, we already know that um, last week's blog was about Prop 64 and how we need to implement it now so that we can keep the feds out. Keep the feds out. Uh, 2017 reform joined more than 1,500 attendees from over 80 countries at the 2017 International Drug Policy Reform Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. They have scholarships. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, it's my birthday weekend, October 14th, 11th through 14th, 2017. Join more than 1,500 attendees representing over 80 countries at the 2017 International Drug Policy Reform Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh my gosh, I want to go to this. Uh, it's brought to you by huge, amazing things. Um, the ACLU Normal Open Society Foundation, International Drug Policy Consortium, the IBW, did I say normal already? Harm Reduction Coalition MAPS uh, for Psychedelic Study, Students for Sensible Drug Policy, Marijuana Policy Project, Carl Koch Institute. It goes on and on and on, uh, which is great, though. So they have scholarships available, but you can register. Oh, it's not that expensive. Exhibitor. Uh, could, I, could you imagine? I'd be an exhibitor. I'd be uh, Mutiny Radio talking about Drug Policy Alliance. Uh, that would be fun. I should I, I shouldn't go to real conferences like that. I should apply for comedy conferences. So hey everybody, that was the Drug Policy Alliance news for today. Yeah. Uh, let's get to our gnarl. Our gnarl news. Reproductive freedom. Hey, it's really important to me. I've been I'm trying not to do so many abortion jokes now. I I I'm trying to, I think it's an important issue that would be very sad if we let ourselves slip back into the, the days before science. Uh, different people want to use their baby makers in different ways. And 
I, I had an interesting conversation with some ladies last night who are over 40 like myself and they're getting hysterectomies and I'm like I thought you know they take out the whole thing but now they leave the ovaries they just take out the baby maker part I mean and that's the thing is I kind of know I mean I have an IUD in right now but I kind of know that I'm not ever going to have kids I pretty sure at this point I mean I'm 42 I'm almost I'm 42 and a half right like I would I would be old when my kid but I don't I don't know it's just so expensive children are so expensive the only thing I could think about would be that like since my boyfriend is 10 years younger than me that he becomes this age and he says I want to have I want to do it but by that point I'll be 51 52 I, I'm probably already going to be going through menopause and I mean is how selfish is it for a 52 year old woman to have a baby is it I mean I don't know it's I guess it depends where you are financially and I, you know I don't know uh, speaking of selfish women, we're going to get into Kellyanne Conway later. Uh, seven out of ten Americans across the country believe abortion should be legal. We're stronger together. Uh-oh, that was, wasn't that Hillary's thing, stronger together? Stay away from that, man. Uh, hey, issue. Last week we talked about paid family leave. Let's talk about the issue of birth control. Reproductive rights are essential for achieving gender equality. Reproductive freedom means that having affordable access to all reproductive health care options, including birth control and abortion care. It also means supporting people who choose to work while pregnant and raise those families. Today, we'll talk about the issue of birth control, thanks to Narl Pro-Choice America. Every woman should have access to affordable birth control that is right for her, no matter where she lives, where she works, or how much money she makes. She can control her own future. I agree. Uh, but I got to tell you, I love this IUD. It, it's like it's the copper pool sweeper in my uterus, keeping out all the dead babies, right? Birth control is not controversial. 99% of sexually active women use it at some point in their lives. Women use birth control for all sorts of reasons, including a, to avoid getting pregnant before they are ready. Making birth control accessible and affordable is the quickest way to reduce the number of unintended pregnancies. Uh, and just, they, they say, including to avoid pregnancy, because I was actually uh, given birth control originally because I grow weird tumors off my ovaries. And so they wanted to suppress ovulation. So they did that by putting me on birth control. I ended up getting off of it because I thought I was going to get pregnant with my ex-husband. But then I it changed my whole life uh, because oral birth control, I think, is a big it's to control middle-class American white women or any women who have gone to college and it totally takes away your creativity. It's crazy. In college, I wrote all these plays. I got on birth control and then I wrote a novel when I was 32 and I finally got off birth control. But for 10 years, I was just like a vacuum of creativity. Like, well, let's go work at, blah, blah, blah. what was it called? Uh, corporate America. At Norrell, we'll get back to our thing. At Norrell Pro-Choice America, we're fighting to make sure every woman has access to affordable birth control that is right for her, no matter where she lives, where she works, how much money she makes, so she can control her own future. Laws promoting insurance coverage of contraception are crucial to ensuring comprehensive reproductive health care. The Affordable Care Act's contraceptive coverage policy ensured that the full range of birth control options would be covered with no copay. Although this policy is in danger at the federal level, some states also have passed laws ensuring this benefit. Other states have passed laws requiring that insurers cover a year's supply of contraception dispensed at once. 
Unfortunately, anti-choice extremists who are opposed to birth control for ideological reasons have worked to restrict access to contraception. To contraception. Employers who want to deny their employees coverage of contraception won at the Supreme Court in Burwell v. Hobby Lobby. Some states have enacted laws allowing some individuals and companies to refuse to provide or cover contraception. And at the federal level and state levels, anti-choice legislators have supported personhood measures that would not only make abortion illegal, but also ban many forms of birth control as well as in vitro fertilization. Policies that restrict access to contraception make birth control less effective and can lead to unplanned pregnancies. Ensuring birth control access. Find out how we're working toward a future where everyone who needs affordable contraception can get it. Um, I'm going to look at this parenthood measures this interest personhood measures. Uh, here we go. Blah, blah, blah. Personhood measures. Uh, it went straight to legislative restrictions on access to abortion. A woman's access to abortion shouldn't depend on her zip code, her health insurance, or how much is in her bank account. We trust women to make the best decisions about their health care for their own lives. Politicians should too, but far too many anti-choice extremists at all levels of government continue to propose laws that restrict a woman's ability to access safe and legal abortion. Anti-choice legislators at the state and national levels have passed laws that limit a woman's access to abortion care by banning federal and state funding for the procedure in most states, prohibiting insurance covering for abortion care, and placing unnecessary harmful restrictions on health care clinics. A woman's access to abortion shouldn't depend on her zip code, her health, her health insurance, or how much is in her bank account. Every woman should have the autonomy to make decisions about her body and her life. Anti-choice politicians have enacted laws that prohibit insurers from including abortion coverage in their health care plans, preventing many women from using health insurance to cover abortion care. Without insurance coverage, women are forced to bear the cost entirely on their own, despite having paid for health care insurance, and low-income women... And for low-income women, this may put the procedures financially out of reach. Such state laws may prohibit abortion coverage in the state's entire private insurance market, prohibit abortion coverage in insurance plans that participate in health care exchanges set up by the Affordable Care Act, and prohibit coverage for public employees in the state. The Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Amendment and related restrictions is a discriminatory federal policy that restricts access to abortion for women who receive their health care through the government. This far-reaching policy affects many programs, resulting in millions of women being denied insurance coverage for abortion care. They include women enrolled in Medicaid and Medicare, Native American women, U.S. service women and veterans, Peace Corps volunteers, federal employees, women who live in Washington, D.C., and women in immigration detention facilities and prisons. As Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall wrote, the Hyde Amendment was designed to deprive poor and minority women of the constitutional right to choose abortion. And that's exactly what this policy does. By forcing low-income women to carry unintended pregnancies to term or spend a large portion of their income to pay for abortion care, Congress creates more barriers to women lifting themselves out of poverty. Women without abortion coverage are forced to use funds they would spend on necessities such as food and rent to pay for an abortion. In many cases, finding the money to pay for the abortion results in delay in care, which means the procedure becomes even more expensive. The Helms Amendment. 
Enacted in 1973, the Helms Amendment has prevented U.S. foreign aid from helping some of the world's poorest women access abortion care. Because the language of the policy has been wrongly interpreted, interpreted and implemented over the years, the Helms Amendment has resulted in a near-total ban on U.S. assistance to some of the world's poorest women who need abortion care, even when a woman's life is in danger or she is a survivor of rape or incest. The U.S. government can and should issue guidance to U.S.-funded healthcare centers overseas, clarifying that these exceptions, when consistent with local law, are permissible, and that U.S. funds may pay for abortion care in these cases. While this would fall short of a full repeal, it would be a step in the right direction. Abortion bans throughout pregnancy. Anti-choice politicians in many states have used a variety of tactics to enact abortion bans earlier and earlier in pregnancy. The most common type of abortion ban in recent years is on a ban on abortion after 20 weeks. These laws interfere with a woman's ability to make a decision that is best for herself and her family and often come into play under heartbreaking circumstances surrounding a pregnancy when a woman's health is at risk. These bans also criminalize doctors for the care they provide. A few states have gone even further, passing laws to ban abortion as early as six weeks before many women even realize they're pregnant. And these laws are effectively outright bans on abortion. Personhood measures, this is the thing I want to get to, personhood measures seek to outlaw abortion by redefining the term person to include a fertilized egg or embryo with the intent of outlawing abortion. In addition, personhood measures often sweep in bans on stem cell research and in vitro fertilization, as well as many common forms of birth control. Ultimately, these measures have no exceptions to protect a woman's life or health and could even criminalize a woman for having an abortion. Voters have repeatedly rejected personhood ballot initiatives as too extreme and harmful to women and their health. However, anti-choice groups and politicians continue to introduce them in the hopes of mounting a legal challenge to Roe v. Wade. Yay! That's your gnarled pro-choice America news minute. Just uh, stop restricting access to abortion, everybody. Yay! Uh, I am joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Hey. Hey, how are you doing? I'm okay. Another cute dress today. Oh, dude, thanks. Recycled stuff. Recycle. Reuse, renew, rewear. I, sorry, again, I'm late. Sorry Uh, about the dog at the vet. She's, she's like 16 years old, so Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, coming to that. Yeah, she had bad diarrhea. Oh, yeah. How expensive. Yeah, expensive and sad, but right. So, but and you had to clean up your house, which was oh yeah. That that's the fun part too. So I had to mop stuff up this morning. So that's great. Being domestic, you know. Uh, I used to. There was a time when my dog had um, asplosions. He ate something weird, and it wasn't like a real. It wasn't like a huge problem. Like he was dying. It was just he was sick. And uh, he had diarrhea all over the floor, and it and it was on the carpet. It wasn't even like oh, it was he on was the carpet. sick. Yeah, it was, I, and I felt so badly for him. But like, it's really hard to clean up bloody diarrhea. It's it's it's. Thank God I have hardwood floors, but still at the same time. And plus, you know, gnarly. It's the the mental factor is that she's 16, so you have to realize this is getting toward the end of before she sees that big sweet Jesus light. Yeah. You know, because Jesus exists and all that fun stuff. Well, so did, how much was the bill today? Can I ask? Uh, um, I didn't pay for it. Marcus did. Oh, right on. Yeah. Um, but 
still i mean she takes medication too and anti-anxiety stuff which all of us are going to need that really soon oh my god no kidding <laughs> um which is pretty expensive i know like one thing of pills is probably like 70 dollars, and that's the anti-anxiety um medication which i've actually tried because <laughs> i have noticed some of the medications that you give to um, dogs and certain other kind of animals humans mm. can take um especially kind of like um anti-anxiety and depressants because i do have those things for animals now <laughs> well and they're the same prozac for dogs is the same as prozac for people yeah. so if your dog gets ptsd or sometimes they have like super separation anxiety it's yeah. the same thing it, and it's cheaper it's the same thing well it's because it's it's in a smaller quantity i guess but valium is the same as well doggy valium kitty valium is just diazepam it's the same thing it's just in smaller doses so we're like i really enjoy a 10 milligram uh you know valium you wouldn't want it you give your dog like you know five no. <laughs> well, it depends how big your dog was. Like, my dog was 80 pounds, so I'd give oh, my wow. dog. Okay. So if we were, if he was going to drive, we were going to go anywhere, we just, you know, give him four or five milligrams of Valium, and he'll be all right. He'll be fine. Same thing with cats. If you're going to put a cat on a plane, give them, like, two milligrams, smaller, because they're tiny, right? Like, yeah. one milligram of Valium. Kitty Valium. Kitty Valium. And they'll chill out. They'll be like, oh, yeah. Dude, good. we're all going to need a Valium after the world we live in Ugh. are you was it was it a rough week for you um it wasn't rough it was okay i've been uh, i've been obsessed with watching too many political shows oh, and getting no. more angry oh no and then oh, no. trying to laugh but it hurts um and just i know i came in like on the gnarl stuff yeah. and uh, i was actually watching the daily show one of these doctors i forgot his name dr will johnson i could, I'm, I could be wrong on the, on the last name, but he was—he's a doctor who once was um, anti. Uh, he was more a pro-choice, oh. um, but he turned over to become. Uh, excuse me, he was more pro-life. Now he's pro-choice. Yeah, turned over to the gnarl. Yeah, side. and he's from, I believe, Alabama. So what he does is go around to these states like Alabama, Mississippi, and Texas, and help women with their women's care and what have you, That's different great. clinics and what have you. So I was. What happened on the Daily Show though? Why would he be on the Daily Show? Did he write a book? Or? He wrote a book. Oh, okay. He wrote a book. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And it was something about like I used to be pro-life and now I have a heart. Yeah, pretty much. But he also said, you know, the religious factor of not understanding and not. He said, and this is where he uh, he said this that makes total sense. Um, you know, the woman, you know, the pro-life, pro-choice movement, especially the women's rights movement, is almost like slavery. And the reason why he said that is because as slaves, you didn't have the right to think, to have your individual self of expression. Or to own uh, your own body. To own your own body. Literally. And that is kind of what this movement is, like slavery in that form. I'm like, wow, that's perspective. That makes total sense. I I mean, it's... We grapple with... I grapple with the concept all the time, the concept of owning other people and... And if you have a child, it's like you own it, (laughs) like it's your little slave. But if you don't want to have that, why should you be forced? And if your body's not your own, if you can't make your own choices of your own body, then then you're being subjugated in some way. Your rights, your thoughts are saying. Yeah, it's the government, just like, you know, the government owns slaves, you know, as part of the land, just like how they're trying to, you know, um, reverse Roe versus Wade um, into, you know, women's bodies 
you know, being government issued. Right, government issued. And here's the thing about Neil Gorsuch, which I was looking at. I was going to do a rap on him this week, but there's not enough disgusting quotes by him. Um, (laughs) He's just a self-righteous little prick, but he's only 49. He's only 49 years old. He's only 49. That's seven years older than me. He should not be... How dare, how dare Donald Trump, how dare 45 ask for a Supreme Court judge that's 49 years old? How does he even, how long has he been a judge? How good of a judge is he? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? He's 49. The judges on the Supreme Court are supposed to have been judges forever and ever and ever and ever. And that's why they get lifetime appointments because they're already 65 and they're going to die when they're 90 or whatever. (laughs) The thing is that... he doesn't know enough. He's not qualified. What, the Democrats are going to filibuster? Here's the thing. He's not qualified. He's not old enough. There should be an age cap. I really think that the Supreme Court, you shouldn't be younger than 60 to get up on the Supreme Court. You should actually have a lifetime experience. of experience in the court. That's why you're on the Supreme Court, because you're the best judge, because you've been doing it for so long. How dare 45 demean what... The entire, what the Supreme Court is. How dare you tear down what we as Americans consider, like, what makes us a real democracy is that there is a... Well, um, it's not even, to me, it's not, it's, it's not even the age problem, age. which at first I thought about, but that's a whole other subject. It's the fact of the matter that he sides with more corporations more than workers' rights as well. Mm-hmm. And we already know about how he feels about abortion, so, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I I don't know if I told the story about, you know, I, maybe I mentioned it last week about how he... Um, cited for the corporation over uh, the man that was um, I don't know what the name of the corporate uh, corporation was but basically the story goes the guy was um, the guy's uh, semi died full of the products and it was uh, below freezing he said you know the he called someone they said they were going to send someone out there no one came the guy was about to freeze to death and decided to leave so he could survive because if he would have stayed in that truck he would have died when neil gorsuch puts corporate interests Uh, over a man freezing to there we go that's the story the supreme court this is from when is this from this is from thursday the 23rd of march so this is really fucking recent uh, the Supreme Court nominee was the only judge to rule that Alfonso Madden deserved to be fired for deserting broken down truck in sub-zero temperatures. He was the only one. The case took seven years and went before seven judges, but in the end, Detroit native Alfonso Madden celebrated victory against the delivery firm that had fired him for seeking warmth after his truck broke down on a dangerously cold winter night. Of the seven judges, six sided with Madden, but only one found in favor of the company and wrote a scathing dissent. That lone judge was Neil Gorsuch, tragically born without a soul, who shortly <laughs> afterward really said that? No, I oh, just added that. That's awesome. Who shortly afterward made Donald Trump's shortlist for the Supreme Court to fill the seat left by the late Antonin Scalia. Gorsuch is now appearing on Capitol Hill at his confirmation hearings. In my heart of hearts, I feel like he willfully tried to negate the human element of my case, Alphonse Madden, 48, told The Guardian. You learn 
to um, you learn in life to roll with the punches. But I'm concerned because the Supreme Court has the final say in this country's affairs, and he's shown a propensity toward the corporate sector in egregious cases like mine. He said, "Madden's case is often brought up by critics seeking to expose Gorsuch as biased in favor of big business. It became known as the case of the frozen trucker." In fact, Madden had only been driving trucks for about three months after his career as a graphic designer, serving clients ranging from the city of Detroit and banks to the big three U.S. car makers, had dried up in the Great Recession that began ahead of the financial crisis of 2008. In January 2009, he was hauling a trailer of meat across rural Illinois at night, and the truck was running on fumes when he pulled up to the side of the road after his company, Kansas-based Trans Am, gave him a muddled information about the refueling location mm. with the temperature outside an arctic level negative 27 degrees which is fahrenheit negative 33 degrees celsius the brakes on the 50 plus foot trailer although not those in his cab froze in the locked on position madden radioed in and was told to expect a repairman within the hour the engine was designed to be incapable of idling, and the heater in the bunk area of the cab wouldn't work. I bundled up in a blanket as best I could and lay on the bunk, said Madden. And he woke up three hours later with no sign of a repairman, blue and cold and numb. I couldn't feel my feet, he said. The temperature gauge inside the cab registered negative 14 degrees Fahrenheit. He phoned a relative, his speech slurring, one of the signs of hypothermia, and he climbed from the cab and could barely stand. Calling the officer again, he was given two choices. Try to drive away, dragging the wheel locked trailer or sit tight he figured the first was impossible the second disastrous i was afraid i was going to die he said he unhitched the cab from the trailer and despite being low on fuel managed to drive it to a gas station a few miles away then within 15 to 30 minutes returned to find a repairman finally on the scene after repairs he delivered the meat but trans am trucking fired him for abandoning his load Madden sued under the law that protects drivers who refuse to operate a vehicle in dangerous conditions. Through a series of rulings in Madden's favor, which the company challenged, his case ended up before Gorsuch and two other federal appeals court judges on the powerful 10th Circuit. In August 2016, Madden won. I was happy, but also a little exhausted, he said. In the seven years since being fired, he has struggled to get consistent, decent-paying work, especially as his record said he had abandoned a load. That's regarded as a cardinal sin in trucking, he said. And when he won his case, he was given backdated pay and the right to reinstate. But he didn't return to the company he felt had a hiring and firing culture and had put its load over my life. Mm. Seven years of stress and poverty, he spent time without a home of his own, staying with friends and relatives, damaged his relationship with his only child, a daughter who was nine when he was fired, he said. Upon vindication, he didn't even read Neil Gorsuch's dissent until the judge was nominated for the Supreme Court. The first thing I noticed was in his opening reference, he simply called me a trucker and didn't use my name. Well, Madden, oh, he's black, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, Madden had largely won because he was deemed justified by putting his safety above the company's instructions. Gorsuch disagreed because the law states that it protects someone refusing to operate their truck, whereas Madden had, in effect, refused not to operate it, instead insisting on driving to reach shelter. Gorsuch, like conservative Supreme Court justices John Roberts and Samuel Alito, 
is known as a constructionalist, preferring to apply the exact text of the law and avoid interpreting it, and an originalist, a judge who prefers to rely on the U.S. Constitution in its original form, which I talked about at the beginning didn't include women or black people, so the original form is totally moot because there were tons of people that were just, just not represented. Just white straight male. Just white straight dudes. Not not the Chinese, not the, not the immigrants that were coming over. It had nothing to do with anything except white straight males. So even, that's what the, we had this conversation in the yeah. back of 800 Larkin on, on Monday with all these guys and everyone was yelling about constitutional law and I brought that up. I said, talking about the application of the constitution is pointless because it didn't have us in mind. It didn't have you and no. me in mind for many reasons. It, they weren't talking about us. They, they weren't. We were either property or women or were just pieces of furniture. Right. Yeah. You know, so. Sure. Or baby makers. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, we don't have to read the rest of it. We know that, but we know he, so I, he's defended his decision at a Tuesday hearing. They asked him about it. Yeah. And, uh, and I saw uncertainty a bit kills hearing. small business. Gorsuch doesn't try to rewrite the law. He doesn't view his jobs. Legislative. Blah, 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 blah. I don't, I, he's too young. I mean, how can you just, I just don't understand, like, oh, the man was going to die to die. death over some materials that had to be... Freeze to death over frozen meat. Frozen, frozen meat. It's about that frozen meat. He was the frozen meat. They're like, we're a meat company. We're going to deliver the frozen that dark meat. meat. Yeah, deliver <laughs> that dark meat, because we're going to... It's not terrible to cannibalize some people. No, I'm kidding. That's not. That's not starting on the long pork today. That's not starting on the long pork. That's funny. Uh, I I wouldn't want to eat Neil Gorsuch though. He might taste sour. Sour and gross. Uh, it's just so. So I really have a problem with him being so young because his corporate interest ass is going to be on the Supreme Court till he dies. And he's 49. Well, I mean, I've been reading, um, I've been hearing, as Cheeto would say, um, that a yeah, lot of Democrats are um, starting to block him now. Well, they're trying to filibuster. They're filibuster. filibuster. They did one last night, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're absolutely yeah. right. They're filibustering um, right now. They did an all-nighter. So Because uh, we can't... Uh, he. I, and Merrick Garlick didn't even get a hearing. We, we can't let the, these decisions we can't give 45 decisions that are going to be long lasting long like, like forever forever like i mean and, and do we not i mean are we really gonna is, is roe v wade really gonna be overturned it's so scary to me that my entire life i was born in 74 so my entire life I've known about and I remember even in junior high we used to debate it and talk about it and talk about it in school and all this stuff and I even went to a Christian school and but I having control over your own body is just like that's the thing isn't it, it, it no I, it, it's 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 a human right actually and that's the thing it you're taking something a personal matter and taking control of that it's an it's injustice and you know the thing is like some of these states like alabama and what have you are been so slimy about how they're rolling back on things you know like you were mentioning the six week oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's insane that's six insane. week abortion that's that that you wouldn't even know you wouldn't i didn't even, even know find out till i was in the eighth week <laughs> yes you don't even know like you, i mean you can miss your period sometimes you don't yeah. feel it or you, you were miss- expecting it you just aren't thinking about it and then all of a sudden the, it's been two months and you're like the female body is very tricky especially like 
you know if you miss a period you're like okay uh let me give it a couple days or let me give it a week or let me see what happens after that if you miss your period because you only get one period once a month unless you know your body you're doing some other kind of birth control whatever um but it takes time to realize oh shit i'm pregnant you're not gonna find out as soon as you have intercourse the following evening yeah you don't you, you don't know, know you don't know just yeah you don't know that, that i felt like i knew though the last one with jonathan i was like i think that i think you did it dude <laughs> Uh-oh. Something doesn't feel right. So my dad sent me these terrible things. Yeah. And no, they're so bad. This is like, and I know he's joking, but he sends these out to his Republican friends. He sends them out to me just because it, they're awful. It's, it's so, the first one says, breaking news, daily headlines. No matter how, in all caps, no matter how much you cry like a little bitch, Trump will still be your president. This is based on a true story. Well, so that's what he opens with. And I'm like, ugh. Duh. Uh, these are all, uh, it's just terrible stuff. Here's one of Bernie, and it says 6 12 2016. Hillary is a corrupt, lying, Wall Street loving, status quo, warmongering, Goldman Sachs crony. 7 12 2016. I intend to do everything I can to make certain she will be the next president of the United States. This is a cute one. Uh, Ivanka Trump is. It says dress, one hundred and thirty-five dollars, and then there's Hillary, and it says twelve thousand seven hundred dollar jacket. First of all, remind stop me right again there. who the elitists are. Okay, first of all, that's bogus right there. Come yeah. on, come on, yeah. man. Let's not talk about women's clothing. We can know, go there. I know, I know. We can go there. I will go there. <laughs> that bitch. Okay, this, this, for is, example- this is the weird stuff my dad sends me. So this is the other one. CNN just released an article that read. Quote, Trump's wall could cost an estimated $120 to $150 per household. My questions, personal check or money order, and where do I send it? My dad sends me this shit. It's awful. I know he thinks he's joking, but like, here's the thing. There are people that actually think this. There are all these Republicans that he's sending it to that all laugh. Oh, ha, ha, oh that's true. But, oh, but ha, ha, ha. have you read now, like a lot of the, some of the Trump voters in Texas who voted for him, the wall that he's supposed to be building is going to go over to their property and it's become it's going to become an eminent domain no yeah he's going to take That's he's going to search yeah. he's going to take their land exactly he's going to take their land to build that wall right on their property those are some this, of the Trump supporters. You're not gonna like this one. There's a guy, and he's got a Sheriff David Clark. He's got a star on his. He's got I a cowboy that. star, okay. and he's got a cowboy's hat. And he says the phrase "Black Lives Matter" suggests racial superiority. It excludes the importance of anybody else's life. That's racism defined. I hate that Uncle Tom. I hate that T.O. Tom so bad. God, I, that man is. Ugh. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Oh God liberal rules for dresses uh, there's one of them it's a lady in a she's wearing a it's made out of like dashiki Hillary. it's made out of dashiki with um with obama's face on that's it obama's and face. that's okay so it's acceptable and then there's who is this do you know who this is uh, she's somebody that came to the grammys wearing a make america, america great, great again. again dress but i think she was looking for publicity unacceptable uh, yeah. uh let's see if we can find another good one Okay, here's, this is, it says, uh, Californians are hypocrites. February 11th, 2017. We hate Trump so much that we're going to secede from the union. February 12th, 2017. We need federal emergency 
help now. Okay, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I hate it when they were talking about succeeding. I'm like, that's stupid. We have the sixth biggest economy in the world right now. I know we do, but you can't succeed. That's so fucking stupid. <gasps> Texas tried to do the same this thing. This one uh-uh. is awful, okay? Uh-uh. There's a picture first on the top of Marines with their guns and their white pants, you know, and it says ours and it says theirs and there's a bunch of guys like with little pink tutus and pink fuzzy things and little pink oh, things and they're dressed up with leather and stuff so they're and it to says say- ours, theirs if there's ever a civil war between conservatives and liberals I'm not worried and then ours wow. is I mean these are terrible that's not even funny but my dad's laughing at these he sends these around okay there's some really funny Trump ones that everyone should laugh at yeah uh, the thing is, this, this is a good. Th- make sense. This <laughs> is a good quote, but it doesn't have to do with the immigrants. It says it's a, it's 45's quote. It's a national embarrassment that an illegal immigrant can walk across the border and receive free health care, and one of our veterans that has served our country is put on a waiting list and gets no care. Well, those are two completely separate issues. Veterans should have their own. They should have the VA hospitals and there should be care. There should be PTSD care. There Absolutely. Should be, That's the we problem. We shouldn't have war anyways, but when we fucking damage people, we should help fix them. But they defunded like some of like the veterans buildings and stuff and like the wait lists for all of them are terrible. This is a funny one, actually. There's a picture of a guy that has just metal all Dust. in his mouth and big piercings piercings and he's tattooed like on his face with like his whole head and he has plugs in his ears he looks really crazy and it says quote i can't get a job because trump is a racist (laughs) that is funny uh thanks dad they're they're so like dad can you send one on mike or michael flynn Send some of those. Those would be funny. Or give. Can you throw me one on Steve Bannon? Ooh, I'll do you one more. I would like some funny uh, Bill O'Reilly ones. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah, actually I can delete this now. I, I I saved it because I was gonna talk about it with you, but I, I have to delete it because it's awful. It's it, that is terrible. It's terrible stuff. I mean, but the thing is, like, it's just not even funny. No, it's not even funny. I mean, I I can get with the, some of the crude stuff. I really can. Sure. Um, but it, it just wasn't funny. Do you want to know what else isn't funny? What? Uh, I have unearthed some uh, comedy from 1998. What? And it's Kellyanne Conway. Oh, yes! Doing stand-up. Stand-up. It is so bad. It's oh, unwatchable. God. It's cringeable and unlistenable. <laughs> Turn that shit I up. I figured we'd um, listen to it. We can comment over it. But then we're also going to come back with our rap of the day. I don't know if you made up your rap name. I did make up my rap mine name. Is, uh, mine is Hot, hot Dirty P. Uh, so Hot Dirty P is going to be coming at you with Kellyanne Conway quotes. Uh, with Latoya, we should just call you the sheriff. Well, yeah, I'm sheriff. Sure. Hottie P and the sheriff. The sheriff. The sheriff. <laughs> I like that. That's simple. Uh, it's simple. It works. And we're going to be actually rape, raping, rapping. <laughs> we'll be raping an Iggy Azalea track. Yes. Because. Um, Please. Uh, but so That's until we, we get to that, I think you guys are going to enjoy this. Or, or, or I know I. It, it's so hard to get through. It, it is. It is so difficult. 
but we're going to try. Here's Kellyanne Conway in her comedy stand up comedy and singing. And it says the use of media materials is protected by the fair use clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purpose of commentary, criticism or education. That's what we're doing. This is this education. is to help. This is joke workshop, guys. Uh, we're going to try to help Kellyanne Conway with her jokes. Here we go. And her alternative facts. And her alternative facts. Kellyanne Conway, 1998, to stand up. Good times. Hi, everybody. Hey, thanks so much for having me here tonight. Before I get started, I want to tell you the funniest thing happened to me today. You know when you have one of those days where not one but two things that never, ever happens, happens to you? I'm walking down the street. I look up, and I see Haley's Comet. I get back to the office, and I'm accurately quoted in a Ralph Hello article. It's one of those days. But you know, everybody's wondering about my leg. It's the first thing they ask. Kelly, what happened to your leg? I'm like, well, everybody heard I was going to be in this comedy show, and they're like, break a leg. So I did. And you think dumb, blondes are dumb. Heck! Heck! What the... And they're laughing. Oh, it gets, it gets, it's, we're 49 but seconds in. I thought in about using, uh, using the leg as an excuse. And I said, now, you know what? I'll just be honest with people. They say, what happened to your leg? And I said, I got surgery. And that's the truth. They assume it's for me. Especially here in D.C. At home in New Jersey where I got the surgery, people ask you and they listen and they intently hear. It's like, no, what really happened? Did you kick Susan Estridge? What really happened? They're political like, no, jokes. I, I don't understand. Deformity. My bones are growing up. Tell me what really happened. So I came up tonight with the five reasons why Kellyanne's foot is really in a cast. Number five, Jennifer Laszlo tripped me on the set of Hannah Neen Combs. Number four, having just two of his own, Chris Matthews needed someone else's foot to stick in his mouth. Number three, I went salsa dancing with Jerry Nadler. That's dumb. Number two, I was caught between Jonathan Turley and a camera. And the number one reason why Kellyanne's foot is really in a cast, that Fred Thompson's bizarre and kinky foot fetish. I was thinking of using it as an excuse though. I'm like, well, I could just, you know, plead my foot. I don't have to go do this thing. I'll just give the money to charity. Why, you know, I'm not gonna go. And then I looked at who the other contestants were. And I'm like, I've never thought I was funny until this very moment. And uh, you're not funny. <laughs> I saw some of the other contestants. I said, Bill Ginsburg. <laughs> one God, one country, one client. Wow. God. Bill Thomas, the Capital Style. One God, one country, three readers. <laughs> and I was on the cover. So <laughs> my mom, my grandma, my aunt. Norm Ornstein, I look at that name, I'm like, well, how could someone named Norm Ornstein be funny? Norm Ornstein, when he's a baby, coochie coo, Norm Ornstein. And I said, Norm Ornstein, who is that? I, I know I've heard that name, but it doesn't sound like someone who's funny. It sounds like someone who would be like, um, I don't know, like a policy wonk, like a resident scholar at AEI or something. Oh, sorry, Norm. Um, I'm what they call a pundit. Oh, and God. a pundit this is where it gets new term this past year. And uh, a pundit, what's the definition of a pundit? A lightweight, lightweight. Um, over and Ooh. over and over again. You were but right, never Kelly. Never wears the same outfit twice. <laughs> never wears the same outfit. She made fun of herself. That's cute. Okay, some pundit trivia. Some pundit jokes for you. These are so bad. <laughs> How many pundits can you fit in a shower? I don't know either. They keep slipping down the drain. 
What do you call six pundets in a row? A wind tunnel. What's this? A pundet with rice in her throat. What's the one? And the people whose uh, salaries I pay um, volunteered to come tonight, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, new survey's out. It's not ours, but I wish it were. Because the new survey says that 70% of men think about sex all of the time. The other 30% are lying. But I'm always attacking these media polls. I think there are way too many media polls now. This is like, you can't pick up a paper, turn on a show without seeing a media poll. So I'm always saying, you know, media poll, okay. They'll say, okay, Kellyanne, attack it. Go ahead, why? I'm like, well, look at the sample size. 400. This is a national survey or a small Jewish wedding on Long Island. <laughs> but you know, Sad. MSNBC did a good poll recently. Sad. MSNBC actually did what no other media outlet had ever done. They polled every single viewer, every one. And here's what the 264 of them said. I know it sounds low, but eight were out at a gun show, and seven were at a Bill Buckley book signing, five at a Bill Bennett book signing, three at a cross burning, and two had um, and two had switched the channel to go over to Fox News Channel. So now, Fox News Channel and MSNBC have the same number of viewers. I'm also a lawyer. Oh, by the way, you know, I think that nobody's watching these cable shows. I know I'm on them all the time. Um, not even all the people who stop me in airports and say, please tell Chris Matthews this. Uh, but I don't think anybody's really watching them. I actually think that the ratings are, are much lower than, than we all believe, and we're probably all watching. They're probably all taping them tonight. But I think if Larry King would just have all his ex-wives watch his show, his ratings would triple. That's how few people are watching this. I'm also a lawyer. Very few people know that. I don't like to admit it. I don't like to slander myself. I'm a lawyer. I went to GW Law School right down, taught there for four years as an adjunct after I graduated. And, uh, Who cares? I liked being a lawyer. I love sitting for the bar. I haven't had that much fun since I went on a date in Washington. And, uh... God. Her comedy makes me want to fight someone. Sad story. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm always, I never want to tell lawyer jokes, by the way, this is the first time I've ever done this, but had I done it ever before, I wouldn't have wanted to tell lawyer jokes because, um, you know, they never go over well. Any lawyers here? Yeah, tons. I can tell all the people aren't laughing, making lists in their head, looking miserable. Uh, but the lawyer jokes never go over well because the lawyers never think they're funny and the people never think they're jokes. <laughs> I try not to tell them. <laughs> this is a true story. Very few people know that I still practice law. I still do a little bit of pro bono work right here in D.C. you got to give back a little bit. So I do a little bit of pro bono work. I this is a terrible joke. It's mean. It would have broken your hearts. I mean, it certainly broke mine. It's a custody battle. Vicious divorce. Horrible custody battle. Parents arguing. Little Becky and little Tommy. They were up for custody. And uh, Becky's crying in front of the judge. And the judge says, okay, you're old enough, kids. Becky, who do you want to live with? And she says, Your Honor, please don't make us live with Mommy because she beats us. I'm dying. And the judge says, Okay, Tommy, who do you want to live with? He says, Your Honor, wiping his tears and holding on to his younger sister Becky. He says, I, We can't live with Daddy because Daddy beats us. The judge says, Done. Go and live with the Redskins because they don't beat anybody. Oh, Jesus Christ. So hack. Okay, you can say about the Eagles, my team, but we're in Washington. Dude. 
You mixed uh, like you politics. Uh, a divorce hearing. joke time with time again. fucking Republicans football. are yeah. anti-environment. Yeah. Uh, You're anti-environment. Jack Kemp has been recycling the same ideas for 20 years. That's very consistent. Uh, oh, my God. Year 2000. I've come up with a couple slogans for some of the candidates in 2000. Uh, Gore, 2000. Oh. Action figures sold separately. That one hurts. She's terrible. Yeah. And she's so hacky. It's like Lamar. Dead men do wear plaid. <laughs> oh. I don't get half. George that. W. Bush. When? Because. <laughs> What's she saying? And I love this new ticket. Brand new this weekend. Ross Pro and Jesse Ventura, they're going to run as a ticket. Oh, because yeah. Because a mind and a half is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> Because she's saying Jesse Ventura. I'm going to end with a song tonight. Which should really make you laugh because I can't sing. And, uh, you know, much has been made of this whole pundit thing and what's going to happen to us after Bill and Monica go away. And so I just brought it. Bill and Monica, wow. Wow. It's 1998, man. 1998. I was in high school. Our investigation goes on forever, but I, just in case it doesn't, I look at Kim Star. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, it is. Geez, it it, it gives us a time period, a time snap of what was going on. Yeah. I guess. I remember watching that shit. Absolutely. Linda Tripp, hater. I've got the pundit blues. Oh I've got the pundit blues. All year I've kept the pace, on TV took my place, lots of makeup on my face, and sexy dress of lace. Said the president's a big disgrace, insist Paula had a case, chatted about the disaffected base. But now I've got the pundit blues. Kosovo now tops the news. Only guy in my life is Chris Matthews. I've got the pundit blues. Newt left for Georgia on the midnight train. House Republicans made no gains. Lead story now is Saddam Hussein. And I don't know nothing about that. But they'll still invite me to chat. As long as I'm blonde and not too fat, I've got the pundit blues. That was a good laugh. I mean, she's being funny about herself. I've got the pundit blues. Read the star report, and all I could find is that Clinton's sex life is better than mine. With impeachment now dead, and Rivera still live. She ain't got no rhythm. How's a lowly pundit gonna survive? On rice cakes and quotes in the Washington Times. <laughs> I've got the pundit <laughs> Now wait just a minute. No reason to sob. I'm different from the other pundits. I have a day job. Oh. Thank you very much. I still, that oh my God! It's so painful. It's so painful. It hurts. How bad did that hurt you? 
Uh, I want to fight somebody. Yeah, I think I want to. Let's get in a fight. Yeah, let's that get was, in a fight. That was, <laughs> it was, I mean, she is so, Kellyanne Conway was so bad. So she did comedy, We ostens- a craft that we could call comedy. We don't have we, to call it. You know, she hasn't changed, so. She, well, and she she could sing a little. I mean, here's the thing. She had no, she had the stage presence of a rice cake. I mean, that's it. She she just stale, stale, and just no not, flavor. There's no stale, no flavor. Well, we tried. We listened to her song. I mean, the song was cute. I mean, if she could actually like pump it up a little bit, you know, like she had no melody. Hey, yeah. Got the pundit blue. The problem is her conceit wasn't that funny. The whole thing of being a pundit. So her whole, her whole case, her whole act of 10 minutes depended upon this idea of the pundit and it just wasn't that funny um no <laughs> no i mean i i i, I do see that you know we recognize and you know I, she used to be on politically incorrect too with bill maher oh yeah yeah, yeah she's on some episodes of that i've looked that bitch up myself wow um, she she is a comedian actually. Think about it. Alternative facts. Alternative facts. She's just writing up writing. writing Dude, she looks so she haggard wants. though. She well, it's hard to be up. that skinny too. I mean, um, like she needs a sandwich. Like she's like a the last days of Kath or what's her name? Uh, Karen Carpenter. You, have you seen pictures oh, Karen of Karen Carpenter, Carpenter yeah. on her last days? Oh, I, you know what? I oh. love that movie, and I felt so terrible for her. And yeah. she had a really interesting way of staying skinny. With um, She made milkshakes out of skim milk and ice cubes. So she would fool what? people. Yeah, she would fool people into think that she was eating. I read her book, too. Wow. And that was... Um, Did not know that. Skim milk and ice cubes in a blender and so she'd sip it all the time and people would be like oh good she's having a milkshake and it's like 50 calories you know it's like no milk at all oh my god yeah she's smart she's smart wow that's deep do you think Killian Conroy does that I don't know what she eats uh, she sucks the devil's dick Rawr. yeah I mean she talks about her kids a little bit we're gonna be looking at um, we're gonna be doing a our our uh rap pretty soon let's read uh, some of our things when I was discussing the role with other senior campaign folks they would say I know you have four kids but I said there's nothing that comes after the butt that makes sense to me so don't even try like what is the butt but they'll eat Cheerios for the rest of their life like nobody will brush their teeth again until I get home I mean it's just what is the butt and I do politely mention to them that the question isn't, would you take the job? The male sitting across from me who's going to take the big job in the White House. Uh, I don't, that didn't make very much sense to me. Know. She lost me on that last She lost me on it too. I think it's about like, because it's so much time away from her four kids and she's a single mom. I know. But I, if you have enough money, the nannies, you can have a great nanny. You know she nanny. got some nannies. Of course she does. She had nannies back then probably too. I yeah, mean, come on now. Whatever. She's got the pundit blues. I, yeah, right? I got the uh, punchu blues. When I see Twitter feeds, when I see world, words that people are using to describe Donald Trump, it is incredibly disrespectful to the office. Well, please. Uh, because he's tweeting right back. I want to read the one about the... Um, the with the What's it called? With the microwaves. Oh, I want the microwave. Oh, one. with the uh, wiretapping and uh, oh god, what is yeah, that? Yeah, I'll find You'll it. Find microwaves, it. Kelly. Ann. 
Because we're going to... Uh, she should actually uh, come out with a new line of microwaves. She can make... Uh, sorry, Kellyanne Conway. Microwaves can't spy on you. No, microwave ovens cannot spy on you for lots of reasons. Feeling a little paranoia lately? <laughs> like your stand-up mixer may be spying on you? Rest assured... Add. Rest assured that Trump's senior counselor, Kellyanne Conway, shares your struggle. Uh, on Sunday, apparently reacting to last week's CIA WikiLeaks data lump, data dump, Conway told the Bergen Record that at this point, U.S. citizens should consider all appliances compromised, even their microwaves. There was an article this week that talked about how you can surveil someone through their phones, through their certainly through their television sets, any number of different ways, and microwaves that turn into cameras, etc. So we know that it's just a fact of modern life. Is it though? Uh, so we'll use we'll use that for our for our wrap. Uh, shall we shall we try it? Let's look at some more. Uh, let's see what we can. Okay. There we go. So we're going to be rapping to to the dulcet beat tones of uh, Iggy Azalea's no, Medi- no Mediocre Feet, which I think is what Kellyanne Conway did, is No Mediocre Feet here. Uh, oh. Break it down. What you think about that, Sheriff? What? Are you going to bring him the truth? Are we going to bring it? Bring in the truth. About Absolutely. Skinny, skinny little ladies. Skinny rice little... Rice cakes. Rice cakes. The rice cakes of news. There was an article this week that talked about how you can surveil someone through their phones, through their... Certainly through their television sets, any numbers of different waves, and microwaves. Microwaves. And microwaves. Microwaves. They turn into cameras, etc. So you just know that's just a fact of modern life. Quick. Modern life. Quick. Click, 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 click. <laughs> Kelly and Conway. Click, click. Beep, 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 beep. They're 30 seconds. You. 30 uh. seconds watching you. 30 seconds watching you. Heat up that click. hot water. Click. What do you eat? Click. Kelly and Conway. Click. Hot water, click. hot water. Maybe some tea. There's no calories in tea, you see. Oh, oh no. uh. Sorry, Kelly Ann. We're watching you. I think the big lesson to the political class is to stop listening so much to each other and start listening to the people. <laughs> political class, stop listening to each other. You gotta listen to the people. They're not listening to each other anyways. What could they be talking about? Maybe microwaves. Microwaves. The CIA is after you. After you. With your microwaves. The microwaves. They are actually listening to the people. We're watching you. Usually based on an economic agenda, white working class voters don't buy into this whole biology, chemistry, abortion, gender agenda as much as they want more take home pay. They want affordability. I want some money too. (laughs) Affordability. Affordability with their abortions, usually based on an economic agenda. White working women voters don't buy into this whole biology, chemistry, abortion, gender agenda as much as they want more take home pay. Yeah, equality. Equality. Let's ratify the 19th Amendment. 
Uh, yeah, woman suffrage. 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 She's out for suffrage. Watching you. Kellyanne Conway knows about suffrage. Um, because they're watching. She's white too. She is, and so thin. I thought we always just listen to thin, pretty women. Don't we just do that? They're clearly telling the truth. She is clearly telling the truth. Many Americans are very concerned with the lack of vetting that's going on. Show me your papers. Show me your papers. Show me that you belong here. Show me your papers. Show me your papers. Isn't that why they signed that new vetting act? Uh, oh if, no. If you don't show the papers, we might think you're a terrorist. What? Donald Trump has addressed many times that his main concern is making sure that we have a system in place that we completely lack now, which is those countries that tend to train and export and harbor terrorists where we do not have proper vetting are places where we're going to need to have better vetting. And he's made that very clear. Better vetting. Is it clear to you now? Yay! We did it again! We did it again! We did it! We're going to come up with our mixtape. We did it. That was rad. That was, there we go. This week's, this week's rap. Now we have three. Every week we're going to have Dirty Hot P and the Sheriff. The Sheriff. Bring the you, surf. bring you the rap song Ooh, of the day. Maybe next week I'll find one on uh, Sheriff Clark. Ooh. Ooh. I, a, uncle t- a colored one. It's, it's co- so crazy to me when... <laughs> I mean, it's it, it must it must boggle and and confound you that when we see people like Ben Carson, we'll have to do one on Ben Carson at some point. Oh God, that would be a thrill. Like the, the concept of Uncle Tom exists for a reason. I mean, it's, yes. it's not a nice thing to. Say, but how can you? I it mean, is like to me that's like the biggest slap in the face. It's worse than calling a woman that's not used to be called a cunt a cunt mm, for the very first time. Mm-hmm. You call me a Uncle Tom. Oh. Well, those are fighting words to me because Absolutely. that means I don't like myself in my own skin. That's well, it's, it's selling out. I mean, it's right. It's, it's, it's yeah. If we if we think back to the novel. It was, it was Uncle Tom's cabin, and he was, what, taken care of by... Uh, did he sell someone out? Let's actually... Because I, 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 I remember reading the I book. I haven't read that book since, I, like, third grade. So let's, let's actually look I it up. To, but there's a reason why I don't like that book. <laughs> um, I know, but I'm... I'm but just just to get a clip for those who... We'll a refresher. Sum, a refresher. We're going we're gonna to do a little synopsis here. Uh... The plot of Uncle Tom's Cabin. The novel's plot starts with the Shelby family being pushed to sell two of their slaves because of economic troubles, Uncle Tom and Harry. Neither Mrs. Mr. nor Mrs. Shelby wants to sell the slaves for different reasons. Is, is that it? I want to see a plot overview of the well, whole Uncle thing. Well, Uncle Tom was the one like, we's going to stay together, boss. Harriet Beecher Stowe wrote it. Uh, plot overview. Having run up large debts, a Kentucky farmer named Arthur Shelby faces the sp- prospect of losing everything he owns. Though he and his wife, Shelby Evan, Shel- Emily Shelby, have a kind-hearted and affectionate relationship with their slaves, Shelby decides to raise money by selling two of his slaves to Mr. Haley, a coarse slave trader. The slaves in question are Uncle Tom, a middle-aged man with a wife and children on the farm, and Harry, the young son of Mrs. Shelby's maid, Eliza. When Shelby tells his wife about his agreement with Haley, she is appalled because she has promised Eliza that Shelby would not sell her son. 
However, Eliza overhears the conversation between Shelby and his wife, and after warning Uncle Tom and his wife, Aunt Chloe, she takes Harry and flees to the north, hoping to find freedom with her husband George in Canada. Haley pursues her, but two other Shelby slaves alert Eliza to the danger. She miraculously evades capture by crossing the half-frozen Ohio River, the boundary separating Kentucky from the north. Haley hires a slave hunter named Loker and his gang to bring Eliza and Harry back to Kentucky. Eliza and Harry make their way to a Quaker settlement where Quakers agree to help transport them to safety. They are joined at the settlement by George, who reunites joyously with his family for the trip to Canada. Here we go to the Uncle Tom part. Meanwhile, Uncle Tom sadly leaves his family and Master George, Shelby's young son, and Tom's friend, as Haley takes him on a boat to the Mississippi to be transported to a slave market. On the boat, Tom meets an angelic little white girl named Eva, who quickly befriends him. When Eva falls into the river, Tom dives in to save her. And her father, uh, Augustine St. Clair, gratefully agrees to buy Tom from Haley. Oh, God. Tom travels with the St. Clairs to their home in New Orleans where he grows increasingly invaluable to the St. Clair household and increasingly close to Eva, with whom he shares a devout Christianity. (laughs) Up north, George and Eliza remain in flight from Loker and his men. When Loker attempt to capture them, George shoots him in the side and the other slave hunters retreat. Eliza convinces George and the Quakers to bring Loker to the next settlement where he can be healed. Meanwhile, in New Orleans, St. Clair discusses slavery with his cousin Ophelia, who opposes slavery as an institution but harbors deep prejudices against blacks. St. Clair, by contrast, feels no hostility against blacks but tolerates slavery because he feels powerless to change it. To help Ophelia overcome her bigotry, he buys Topsy, a young black girl who is abused by her past master and arranges for Ophelia to begin educating her. After Tom has lived with the St. Clairs for two years, Eva grows very ill. She slowly weakens, then dies with a vision of heaven before her, and her death has a profound effect on everyone who knew her. Ophelia resolves to love the slaves. Topsy learns to trust and feel attached to others, and St. Clair decides to set Tom free. However, before he can act on his decision, St. Clair is stabbed to death while trying to settle a brawl. As he dies, he at, at last finds God and goes to be reunited with his mother in heaven. St. Clair's cruel wife, Marie, sells Tom to a vicious plantation owner named Simon Legree. Tom is taken to rural Louisiana with a group of new slaves, including Emmeline, who the demonic Legree has purchased to use as a sex slave, replacing his previous sex slave, Cassie. This is an insane book. Legree, I don't remember all the sex slavery part. I don't either. Legree takes a strong dislike to Tom when Tom refuses to whip a fellow slave as ordered. Tom receives a severe beating, and Legree resolves to crush his faith in God. Tom meets Cassie and hears her story. Separated from her daughter by slavery, she became pregnant again, but killed the child because she could not stand to have another child taken from her. Intense. Around this time, with the help of Tom Loker, now a changed man after being healed by the Quakers, George, Eliza, and Harry uh, at last cross over into Canada from Lake Erie and obtain their freedom. In Louisiana, Tom's faith is sorely tested by his hardships 
and he nearly ceases to believe. He has two visions, however, one of Christ and one of Eva, which renew his spiritual strength and give him the courage to withstand Legree's torments. He encourages Cassie to escape. She does so, taking Emmeline with her after she devises a ruse in which she and Emmeline pretend to be ghosts. When Tom refuses to tell Legree where Cassie and Emmeline have gone, Legree orders his overseers to beat him. When Tom is near death, he forgives Legree and the overseers. George Shelby arrives with money in hand to buy Tom's freedom, but he is too late. He can only watch as Tom dies a martyr's death. Taking a boat toward freedom, Cassie and Emmeline meet George Harris's sister and travel with her to Canada, where Cassie realizes that Eliza is her long-lost daughter. The newly reunited family travels to France and decides to move to Liberia, the African nation created for former American slaves. George Shelby returns to Kentucky Farm, where after his father's death, he sets all his slaves free in honor of Tom's memory. And he urges them to think on Tom's sacrifice every time they look at his cabin and to lead a pious Christian life, as Tom did. Pious Christian life. Do as he says. Yeah, do. Well, he and he left his family. They don't, they barely brush on it that he leaves his, like they let everyone else get reunited, but we just are sort of like, well. Harriet Beecher Stowe. And Topsy. There's also the, uh, Topsy was like, kind of like, I don't trust nobody's boss. Right. Yeah. She was kind of a yes yes woman in a way. So the thing is, now that I'm thinking about like, even if we call someone Uncle Tom, we're actually sort of like defiling the fictional memory of this character who died a martyr's death. (laughs) (laughs) What jerks are we? (laughs) Like... Now I feel terrible about calling Ben Carson that. He I'll never do it Tom. again. Well, but the thing is that, I mean, what? so the idea is that the Uncle Tom just sells out to the white people all the time in order to be, to have the nice life in yes. in New Orleans for a while. Exactly. He was like, well, I'll, I'll just, well, he said he, he was sold and he was like, oh, okay. And he, he, never, he didn't really fight it. Yeah. Kind of other people were fighting and you hear the stories, but he was like, so the reason he's an Uncle Tom is because he accepts his fate and says, well, here I am. This is it. I'm a slave. This is going to be it, boss. And just acquiesce. It's the, the, when you acquiesce to the, to the man, that's what an Uncle Tom is. Yeah. Yeah. So when we say that Ben Carson, it's because he's, he's not, well, he's not confronting Black Lives Matter. He's not confronting like big issues or that sheriff clark dude oh he's like a cowboy tom Cowboy tom. Ca- but the thing is he's in wisconsin so that's the really funny part wow wow <laughs> i think he's kind of psycho anyway i i don't know even how like you know i haven't read like i said i haven't read this book since like grade school right maybe i should read it again i know that's what i feel too like seriously but like i remember there's so many there's there were two versions I remember of like like there was like an adult version and then there was oh. the kids version. I'm sure they didn't talk about the sex slavery. Yeah, I because I don't remember. No, that I don't part remember that at either. all. I don't I don't remember that. Uh, so I put in Uncle Tom Ben Carson and there's a lot. <laughs> um, oh, you put it? Did you just put in? I Uncle just put Tom? in. I just put in Uncle Tom four words uncle tom ben carson and and we came up with all kinds of things is ben Car- carson really an uncle tom that's but that's from 2015 should- what else do we have ben carson answers critics who call him uncle tom dear ben carson when a person has to deny being an uncle tom it probably means he's an uncle tom um 
I, so there's tons of it. I just uh, typed in the word Uncle Tom. Um, and you know what a lot came up? Well, fictional character. Right. But <laughs> there, the book came up as well as um, the character Samuel Jackson played in. Wow. <laughs> and... Um, in in uh, uh, Django Unchained. Django Unchained, which is mm. exactly what mm. an Uncle Tom. Right, because he was whipping his fellows. We've got a cute meme of uh, Uncle Ben's half-baked theories and ideas. <laughs> They've got him on a thing of rice, crazy every time, always cooked up in a crocked pot, cracked pot. Uh, that's very cute. Chock Def- full of pure insanity. Definition. I went to Urban Dictionary. Yes. Definition of Uncle Tom. A black man who will do anything to stay in the good standing with the white man, including betray his own people. Uh-huh. No, that's it. Very simple. Very simple. So Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. <laughs> Uncle Ben. Uh, this is a quote from Ben Carson. Actually, slavery was the best thing that could have happened to us. Because of slavery, blacks were brought to America, and we met the Christian faith. We met Jesus Christ. And if it were not for slavery, we would all be in Africa, hanging from trees and worshiping Allah. God always gets it right. Ben Carson makes Uncle Ruckus look like Malcolm X. Oh, my God. Did he, I know he says some really stupid stuff like Obamacare is like slavery, but come on. Wow. It's pretty, I didn't it's, know, it's I didn't crazy, know Afri- it's crazy stuff. I didn't know Africans swing on trees. Well, I mean, it's really <laughs> playing right into the... Into the oh my God. I mean, racism is so pervasive in America that now we have... Like super racist black people. I guess I get. No, they've I, always been there. They've, they've always, always been, been, there. been there, but we try to keep them not in the office. Oh, this, well, I mean, we have Clarence Thomas. He's one of the Supreme Court justices. So this, this isn't this isn't interesting. <laughs> what Ben Carson said: the disintegration of the family unit and the welfare state are enslaving African Americans and ruining their futures. Ben Carson was raised by a single mom and one raised in public housing, two fed with food stamps, three supported with welfare, four kept healthy with Medicaid, five educated in public schools, six given eyeglasses from the state agency, seven afforded affirmative action to enter college, Uh eight given federal loans and Pell Grants in undergrad school, nine afforded affirmative action to enter medical school, 10 given med school grants from USPHS, United States Public Health Services. Wow. Wow. Yeah, duh. That's crazy. Uh, it's it's uh, crazy Hello. stuff. Um, yeah. Sure, yeah. if you want to come in. Uh, we, have a, we have a guest in the studio today on the AltaCast. Take a seat. Come on down. We're... Uh, We've, you've been listening to us discuss yeah. Uncle Tom stuff. I'm reading yeah. excerpts of Uncle Tom's cabin. Yeah, please have your yeah, seat. Have yeah. yeah. Oh, you have to get near the microphone. Yeah. Because otherwise we can't hear you. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, um, Diamond Dave's show is on Fridays from 3 to 6. Yeah. Yes. Only on Fridays. He only has one show. Yeah. So it, it's, it's an open mic, and uh, it's every Friday from 3 to 6, and they talk about everything except comedy. No comedy on their open mic, but everything else goes. Okay, thanks. Yeah, you oh, bet. Hey, have a great day. Thank you for yeah. being patient. Being patient with <laughs> yeah. us in our, in our, as we go through 
uh, Obamacare is the worst thing that happened to this nation since slavery. slavery. Dr. Ben Carson. Wow. It's so funny because he's a doctor and Obamacare would be like, is the Affordable Health Care Act. That's very interesting to me. You know, it's just sad, like how, you know, he was the first... His surgery is very profound, but he... He does not seem profound. Yeah, it doesn't seem very profound. Uh, I mean, these are there's some there's some crazy fun memes though. Thanks, memers out there that make cool things. Yeah, poking fun uh, of. Do, yeah, it's. Uh, let's let's check. Let's try this one. This is this is. He said this, February seventh, twenty thirteen. What we need to do is come up with something simple. And when I pick up my Bible, you know what I see. <laughs> I see the fairest individual in the universe, God, and he's given a system. It's called a tithe. We don't necessarily have to do the 10%, but it's the principle. He didn't say, if your crops fail, don't give me any tithe, or you'll have a, if, or if you have a bumper crop, give me a triple tithe. So there must be something inherently fair about proportionality. You make 10 billion, you put in a billion. You make $10, you put in one. <sighs> well, I, the, I mean, I, I believe in flat, I kind—I believe in flat taxes, so I, I, I like sales taxes and stuff like that. Although I don't like the new cigarette tax that just went into effect, making American spirits $11 sometimes a pack. Oh yeah, they're trying. $11. Yeah, that's what a that's lot of people. That's more than 50 cents a cigarette. Oh yeah. If you're a poor person, and you actually have a job and you spend $10 on cigarettes, that could be almost an hour of work. Listen, this shit is not new to me. Like, this is why a lot of people back on the East Coast and like in, even in parts of the Midwest where the smoky ban happened, um, the cigarettes went to like $10, $12 a pack. Wow. And American Spirits went up to like around uh, like 13 14 15 something like that wow yeah i mean the fact is they're trying to take money away from you know the tobacco industry because they kill people um but 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 we've got everyone enslaved to them that that is true but i mean this is this is something that's been going on for years already you know i and the thing is it all it helped a lot of people quit it really did because like, it's gonna probably that. help me quit absolutely yeah it's gonna be one of those things where it's just like because around the time when the cigarette tats um in chicago went up i stopped quitting i stopped and then a lot of my other friends who are hardcore smokers started to leniently quit i i don't know what's gonna i don't know what we're gonna do jonathan and i are going halvesies now on cigarettes <laughs> which we hadn't been doing the previously cigarette panic <laughs> and uh the other day he had put them in his pocket and then they fell out of his pocket so we lost almost a full pack of cigarettes and then he had to pay $11 for a second pack and I was like this is insane we're gonna have to quit we're gonna have to quit dude yeah weed is cheaper weed is less expensive to me than it is and the thing is it's just like I understand you don't want to smoke like the camels or have you which it doesn't matter anyway I I don't like the way they taste they just they're expensive anyway I mean how much are have how much are regular packs of cigarettes here now since that tax went up? everything's pretty much ten dollars. Yeah. Sometimes okay, they're yeah. eleven. Yeah. I, I found them yeah. for nine fifty. Uh oh no, yeah, they're nine fifty at eighth I mean at eighteenth and mission, and they're oh, usually yeah. the cheapest. They used to be six fifty, another nine fifty. Uh our buddies here on the corner are straight ten. They used to be seven. They used to be seven twenty five. Yeah. And now they're a straight ten. 
it it's it's, it's very sucks. reminiscent. It very it's very reminiscent to me of like seeing everyone go crazy. Like I can't believe this shit. And even when I, I can't like believe this shit. Like I wasn't like I was more of a social smoker. But when I did buy a pack, I was just like, God damn, this is this is expensive. It's insane. It yeah, is. it absolutely is. Uh, this is a song I found from 2011. It's someone named Princess Chelsea, and it's called the Cigarette Duet. And I think that it'll be fun. <laughs> So we'll be be right back here on the AltaCast uh, on MutinyRadio.fm. This is, again, Princess Chelsea, the cigarette duet.
la 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 yay princess chelsea i'm so glad we found you she's from new zealand ah. uh hey we've got time for one more news story uh brought to you by it's sexual Latoya's dude it's sexual aware- awareness month too so. sexual awareness month yeah like yeah. just in just in in thinking ge- about sexuality in general sexuality sexual harassment oh, sexual, sexual har- assault oh right right assault yeah, yeah. So, and uh, uh, it, it and, leads to what we're about to talk wait which is uh, one of the top stories of today which is 45 defends bill o'reilly i don't think bill did anything wrong uh when he you know loves to Say it. He, he's grab people by the grab, uh, grabbing. We definitely know. There's a Wikipedia page dedicated to Donald Trump of how you know sexual harassment and stuff. What is consent about? Yeah. Uh, so President 45 today weighed in on the recent controversy surrounding Fox News host Bill O'Reilly. In an interview with the New York Times, I need to stop their silly thing. They won't. They won't let me stop it. There it goes. In an interview with the New York Times, Trump defended O'Reilly against new revelations that he, Fox News, and parent company 21st Century Fox had paid a total of $13 million in settlements to five women who accused him of sexual harassment or verbal abuse. We all know you can verbally abuse women. That's not a problem. I think he's a person I know well. (laughs) He is a good person, Trump told the Times. I think he shouldn't have settled personally. I think he shouldn't have settled. Because you should have taken it all the way. I don't think Bill did anything wrong. O'Reilly has denied the merits of all claims against him, 21st Century Fox said in a statement. Trump had his own run-in with sexual harassment accusations last October after an Access Hollywood tape serviced in which he said he grabbed women by their genitals. I don't even wait, Trump can be heard saying in the tape. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Last week, Trump declared April 2017 National Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month, pledging that his administration will do everything in its power to protect women, children, and men from sexual violence. No, he's not going to protect any bitches, though, so you guys are on your own. (laughs) Trump's defense of O'Reilly was similar to his defense of former Fox News chief Roger Ailes last year when Ailes was faced with a litany of sexual harassment allegations. I think they are totally unfounded based on what I've read, Trump said of the accusations against Ailes. Totally unfounded based on what I read. Ailes, who has denied all the allegations against him, was forced to resign from Fox News just one week after that interview. What do you think? Um, of course he did it. And Let's see. These are gross old white dudes, man. And fuck Bill O'Reilly. I hope his star is fucking fading. Last week he was talking about Maxine Waters and her hair, how it looked like James Brown. And now this week you're getting accused of sexual. Well, actually, you were accused of sexual harassment and right. you settled out of court. So, yes, you are guilty. Sure. And I, mean, I like the well, fact that Fox by- News is on fire, too. Fuck Fox News. They're on fire. Uh, so, here are all the advertisers fleeing Bill O'Reilly's show. Since Monday night, around 30 companies that advertise with Fox News have announced they're splitting from the show. A response to a bombshell New York Times report indicating that O'Reilly and Fox News have paid around $13 million in settlements to address complaints brought by five of his former female colleagues. Fox News, in a statement Tuesday, said it values its ad partners and is working with them to address their current concerns about the O'Reilly factor. At this time, the ad buys of those clients have been re-expressed into other Fox News Channel programs. 
Here's who dropped it. Mercedes-Benz, the first company to pull advertising from the show. The allegations are disturbing, and given the importance of women in every aspect of our business, we don't feel this is a good environment for which to advertise our products right now. Mercedes-Benz spokeswoman Donna Boylan told CNN with their decision on Monday. (coughs) Hyundai. Hyundai announced a poll. We had upcoming advertising spots on the show, but are reallocating them due to the recent disturbing allegations, a Hyundai spokesman said. As a company, we seek to partner with companies and programming that share our values of inclusion and diversity. Lexus. We have taken our duties as a responsible advertiser seriously and have been closely monitoring the situation involving the O'Reilly factor. The big company. car companies. Yeah, big car companies. In response, we have asked our media buying partners to move all Lexus ad inventory out of the program. Does that say BMW? BMW confirmed Damn. that it was pulling ads. Mitsubishi is one of the five automakers to pull ads from the show. We will continue to monitor the situation as we assess our long-term strategy. Okay. Caldwell Banker tweeted, we were disappointed that our ad ran on O'Reilly just as it wasn't part of our international media pro- intentional media programming. We pulled future ads from the show. Credit Karma. Hey, they're um, they're they're here. We we know Trish Pandia works for Credit Karma. She's one of the she's part of Trish and Dan. Oh, Face Oblivion, and uh, they have they've been coming to all our shows here at Mutiny Radio. So we love Credit Karma, and they do free credit checks all the time online. And it's a misnomer, or it's a it's a fake news. It's a non-truth. You can check your credit score as many times as you want. It doesn't affect your credit score to try to uh. check it. And there was like a rumor going around, or that if you have to if you check your credit score, that means you're nervous, and therefore they think something's wrong. So your score goes down. I'm I've heard that myth. Oh, oh you my have God. To... That's a terrible myth. People are afraid to check their credit because they either think they're going to be charged or that something's going to happen to their credit score if they check it. Oh, wow. So, but Credit okay. Karma's free and you can check your credit anytime. Uh, in light of the recent concerning allegations, we will not be advertising on this show and have asked our ads to be removed. LegalZoom, Ancestry.com, uh, they tweeted... We understand your concerns and would like to let you know we are currently working on pulling our ads from this show. Sanofi Consumer Healthcare, never heard of them. Constant Contact is a marketing company. Pacific Life Insurance Company. Untuck It is a clothing retailer. Allstate H&R Block, The Wonderful Company, Old Dominion, Dominion Freight Line, GlaxoSmithKline oh, no pharmaceutical pills. company Uh-oh. GSK confirmed with several media outlets that it is temporarily pulling ads while it reviews the situation. Uh oh pills. We are continually reviewing our advertising to ensure it's conducted in a responsible manner aligned with our values. Dude, that's a big one because those people like their pills. Mm-hmm. Bamboo HR, never heard of their human resources software company, T Row Price, Advil. Uh, the Society for Human Resource Management, this Bayer. Is more, this is more than yesterday. Jesus. Wayfair, Jenny Craig. They ain't going to have nothing but Budweiser, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Ainsworth Pet Nutrition, Vision Works, Amica Insurance Company, True Car, Proudly Propane, Carfax, Good RX, which is good prescriptions, WeatherTech. Wow. That is a list of 30 people that all said... That's a lot of money. Fuck you. Nothing speaks better than money. That's what it is. It's the only thing that's going to stop. I mean, that's the only way to make people stop is to to have monetary, you know... Take their money away. Yeah. It's rich people. They hate it when you take their money away. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I read some of the... And I also listened to Howard Stern yesterday because they were reading 
um, in the New York Times, uh, the story about what came out about him. He went into full detail. Like, he would have phone sex with um, one of People the assailants. Yes, with one of the assailants. And she said it sounded like he was masturbating on the other end. Wow. But he was talking about using a loofah and a falafel and Ooh. just really detailed, like, but creepy detailed. What, put a falafel in the vagina and yeah, eat it out? Not eat, he didn't say anything about eating out, but he, he said the one of the things was, I guess he mistaked the loofah for a falafel thing. Oh, I'm so You have confused. to read it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then there's one of the other assailants. Um, he leaned, leaned in and tried to kiss her, and she like moved away, and she fell to the ground, and he didn't even help her up. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's just, I'm like, but I am not surprised. I am not surprised. This man has been a sexist, racist, fucking slob. Yeah, for since a long, forever. For a long, long. Time. I mean, there's stories and allegations about his ex-wife, his kids. Um, I mean, come on. Let's see what his own his own website says. First, oh, it's it says, not going to say anything. It's it says the say spin it. stops here tour 2017. It's not going to say anything uh, about it. He's you've not got mentioning. pre-sale things going on. Become a premium member. Summary of rundown of Tuesday's factor, Tuesday's talking points, Trump surveillance story explodes, California sanctuary state status, bill on Donald Trump, Syria and North Korea, Democratic hatred and President Trump, Uh, quiz yourself on great American political figure Colin Colin Powell, Colin Powell. there's nothing on here about it. Yeah. Put yourself in the latest news, but it's not here. Um. So, oh, by the way, so he called out Don Lemon, who has a show on CNN, saying that he wasn't talking about the Susan Rice thing. That's another story that's going on that's adding into this Russia mix, in which Susan Rice was the national security. That's a whole other story. But anyway, the tweet goes something like um, Bill O'Reilly t- tweets. Uh, Don Lemon about that and then Don Lemon tweets back oh no we did talk about it we had a whole panel on it but did you talk about your sexual uh, 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 harassment suits the the allegations yeah the allegations against you and then that shut him down that was a mic drop mic drop mic drop I don't even want to listen to him playing The, the thing is this is that he's talking about this is the most recent news on his thing and it came out on Monday and there's nothing about him at all there's no talking points about him on his own website which means that they must not be concerned about it oh no or they're, they're concerned hi- they're concerned because they on. just because they just lost a ton of money they lost a ton of money and then he's scared what, he better what happens be. what happens when you don't talk about yourself when you don't when you try to hide he has a you- lot of books he's written yeah. old school life in the sane lane bill o'reilly with bruce <laughs> something. Bill O'Reilly, Killing the Rising Sun, The Day the President Was Shot by Bill O'Reilly, and Bill O'Reilly's <laughs> Legends and Lies about the Patriots. Ooh, this could be an interesting one. Give us a little synopsis. Product description. The must-have companion to Bill O'Reilly's historical docudrama Legends and Lies, The Patriots. An exciting and eye-opening look at the Revolutionary War through the lives of its leaders. From the lives of its racist, slave-owning leaders. <laughs> The American for their lives and futures. These were the times that tried men's souls. No one was on stable ground. A few could be trusted. Through the fascinating tales of the first Americans, legends and lies, the Patriots reveals the contentious arguments that turned friends and foes 
into and the country into a war zone. Legends and lies. From the riots over a child's murder that led to the Boston Massacre to the suspicious return of Ben Franklin, the first American, from the Continental Army's first victory under George Washington's leadership to the little-known Southern Korea campaign of Swamp Fox, Francis Marion, and the celebration of America's first Christmas. The Patriots recreates the amazing combination of resourcefulness, perseverance, strategy, and luck (laughs) that led to this country's creation. Heavily illustrated with spectacular artwork that brings this important history to vivid life. Picture book. And told in the same fast-paced, immersive narrative as the first Legends and Lies of the Patriots is an irresistible adventure-packed journey back into one of the most storied moments first, in our nation's rich history. I'm sorry. This sounds like some conservative nighty-night sleep type. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how to read a real book, picture book. Yeah. Bill's history books, the Killing Series, Killing Jesus. <laughs> Oh, he has a killing. Killing Lincoln. Jesus. A he history. has a killing Lincoln one too. Yeah. And a killing, number killing one best-selling authors of Killing Kennedy and Killing Lincoln, Bill O'Reilly and Martin Dugard, Killing Jesus: A History. <laughs> Millions of readers have thrilled to the best-selling authors Bill O'Reilly and historian Martin Dugard's Killing Kennedy and Killing Lincoln, <laughs> page-turning works of nonfiction that have changed the way we read history. Now the anchor of the O'Reilly Factor details the events leading up to the murder of the most influential man in history, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Nearly 2,000 years after this beloved and controversial young revolutionary was brutally killed by Roman soldiers, more than 2.2 billion human beings attempt to follow his teachings and believe he is God. Killing Jesus will take readers inside Jesus' life, recounting the seismic political and historical events that made his death inevitable and changed the world forever. Gross. Nonfiction, Gross. nonfiction, and you know people believe that shit's real, well, right? It's just funny because nonfiction. We, you, are you? I mean, they used to tell us, the Bible is nonfiction." Really, really? <laughs> I mean, it is. Fi- it, it, we're telling it's already fiction because you're telling. I mean, if anything, it's creative non creative nonfiction, right? Because it's not. Maybe it's not purely. I mean, it, so people just make it up, maybe, but. Creative nonfiction is a better, like, there's no, I mean, have there been scientists that try to dispel the myths of the, you know, the, the, the miracles? Like, what are miracles and five loaves, two fishes, and how did he cure leprosy and right. Right. blah, blah, blah. I mean. And the Bible's been rewritten how many times? Oh, I know, and translated and retranslated. I found a news article from, um, it was on Jonathan's birthday, and I found it on the ground, but it was from 1954, but it was his, his birthday. It was from uh, March 30th, 1954, and somebody had been saving it, I guess, but they had been saving it because there was a picture of Marlon Brando on the front, and he won the best actor. But on the back, there's this funny article that's really quick, and it's about a Jewish historian that retranslates the Bible, and they call Jesus chief, and they call the crown of thorns a victor's wreath and there were other things it was like they it was just it was they used they were using like different language because this like jewish historian had put it together tra- retranslated it from the hebrew or the aramaic or what have you wow anyway i found it on the ground and i was like this is nuts so yeah it's been translated and retranslated and bill o'reilly wrote killing jesus yeah i Killing him. How about he should write one killing a career? Yeah, right. He's getting getting to <laughs> it. Or not killing pussy. 
this this makes sense so chief apostle the chief apostle is the highest minister of the new apostolic church and has existed since 1869 hmm. the term chief apostle was first used to officially describe jesus christ uh which that makes sense in new covenant scriptures the book of hebrews blah 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 blah, blah. so they called jesus chief it was in that article it was just really funny uh John 14, 419, Jesus, the chief apostle, was referred, referred to as a prophet. That would make sense. I mean, if his name was Jesus, you know, they gave him a label of the chief apostle because I guess they were the apostles and then he was the head H-N-I-C, the head, yeah. the head nigga in charge. So. so this is funny. I just put in Jesus chief and what came up here is what? from Christmas last year, Donald Trump's chief of staff seemingly compares him to Jesus. Wait, that just came up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rience Priebus, the chairman oh, of the God. Republican National Convention and the future chief of staff for Donald Trump, has seemingly compared the president-elect to Jesus <laughs> in a Christmas Day message. Over two millennia ago, a new hope was born into the world, a savior who would offer the promise of salvation to all mankind. Just as the three wise men did on that night, this Christmas heralds a time to celebrate the good news of a new king, the message read. Many people have interpreted the message as Trump being referred to as the new king. Sean Spicer, the incoming White House press secretary, has slammed suggestions that the message is referring to Trump. Christ is the king. He was born today so we could be saved. It is sad and disappointing that you are politicizing such a holy day, he tweeted. Oh, my God. I love that it was oh a tweet. Oh, my God. Is it? That's People great news. People need to leave tweeting alone. Just stop. He, but how do we not think that he's talking about Trump when he says, over two millennia ago... Two millennia. Two millennia ago, a new two thousand years. Two thousand years ago, a new hope was born into the world. A savior who would offer the promise of salvation to all mankind, just as the three wise men did on that night. This Christmas heralds a time to celebrate the good news of a new king. A new king. They're talking Jesus about being, Trump. Being he's born. not talking about Jesus as the new king. I know he's talking about Trump. He's talking about he, Trump, but he's making that reference. But then to they you. try. But then his Sean Spicer's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We all know Jesus is king. We all know Jesus is king. I know Elvis is the First king. Of, no, he ain't no king. <laughs> you, you know how they, he, he became the king because he appropriated black culture. He was like, you know, one of he the stole. Fr- Motherfucking beef. Yeah, it's true. The blues, everything else. Uh, I hate that. Nigga. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, but no, you can't listen to what anything that Sean Spicer says anyway. He, he was the same one that was talking about the crowd sizes. He was the that were large into an Obama's. <laughs> that shit's funny. Um, every every press. Uh, uh, every uh, time they, you know, he's on the podium talking to the press, it's embarrassing. He tries to spin things. He can't even lie correctly. You know, it, it's just, yeah. I, I am, I, I am just... deeply offended by the new administration in every nuance and facet of the people that he has elected to his cabinet and who he chooses to surround himself with. I am particularly so perturbed by the Neil Gorsuch situation happening right now. Not only because he's way too young to be a Supreme Court justice, but also that his views about corporations are just sick, and we know and what he he's going to do to Roe v. Wade. Women aren't people. Corporations are people. People aren't people. Uh, do what you can to stop that. Kellyanne hey, Conway is not funny. Kellyanne Conway is not funny. But our rap was. But our rap, I think, worked out. We'll we'll uh, we'll co- cut it out and copy it again and put it around uh, for everybody. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of these. Yo. The Hot Dirty P and the Sheriff. Our mixtape. Yeah, we're going to we're taking down. Maybe we'll call it the Pundits. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll call that. <laughs> 
we'll just for you, Kellyanne. Just for you, Kellyanne. Kellyanne. The pandas. Pandas. And you know what, Kellyanne? Have a smoothie. <laughs> eat a kale salad. Do something. Stop with the with the rice cake, sweetheart. You, you need, need to, to eat, eat something. Eat a honey. sandwich. Eat shit. a sandwich. It's something. okay that you. The camera does not add five pounds. You look like Skeletor. Yeah, I didn't know Skeletor had a twin sister. Ha <laughs> ha! A blonde one. <laughs> that now that was funny. You should have used that in '98. I, I stole I stole that from drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. He uses it for when he does the George W. Bush voice, and he's like, <laughs> and I you made some I made some mistakes. And you've made some mistakes, Democrats. Namely, Nancy Pelosi. I, I, I didn't know Skeletor had a twin sister. <laughs> creepy. She looks creepy. Anyways, that's his thing. Uh, we're going to close out for today. Hey, go like us on Facebook. At A, the AltaCast. Like Mutiny Radio. Also, Drug Policy Alliance and NARL Pro-Choice America. Uh, keeping... We're going to keep doing the news that's important to us. So drug policy change and uh, keeping abortion and women's health care issues at the forefront. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. And Latoya, thanks again for always just for being the co-host and hanging out and being awesome. Yes. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Maybe we'll do um, uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin <laughs> with uh, ben, Carson. ben Carson. That'll be the name of our the thing. Ben we'll Carson do the, the Ben Carson rhyme. All right. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you next Bye. week. Bye. Food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep. Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com This is Tushar Matos with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. 
But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRatio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRatio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> <laughs> brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. The second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming March 1st through 5th, 2017 to San Francisco, featuring 25 shows in five days and 50 comedians from across the entire U.S., from Washington and Portland to Los Angeles, New York to Indiana, Tennessee to Pennsylvania, these comics 
will join San Francisco's best underground comedians for five days of comedy at Mutiny Radio. All shows will be live streaming and available after via podcast at www.mutinyradio.fm. But see them live in our intimate 30-seat performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Mission, March 1st through 5th. Tickets available on our website, www.mutinyradio.fm now. Brought to you by our generous festival sponsors, Alta California Botanicals, Destiny's Mom, What a Tomato Produce Company, the law offices of John P. Strauss III, Asiento, FruFruHot.com, JankyTown.org, Brooke Heineken, Pervert Fervor, and Trina Roderick. Asiento. This locally owned Mission Neighborhood Bar and Restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you are an audience member for happy hour pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Our address is 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect for an after-work drink or for a night out. Featuring a comfortable bar and extensive tapas menu, this is the perfect place for groups that want to get together for drinks and food. Join us at Asiento. Whoa there. What a tomato. Where did you find such a nice tomato?